City Limits. Brought to us by the People's Committee for Melbourne every Wednesday at 9am. City Limits is Melbourne's only hour devoted to our urban environment. To transport and planning and housing issues. To privatisations and our utility services. To building and or maintaining a sense of community. 855 on the AM band, if we can hear it through the noise and find it through the smog. City City Limits. Good morning. You're listening to 3CR, City Limits, 8.55am. Uh, that was Corey Green. I'm Kevin Healy. John McPherson's in the studio because it's the first Wednesday of the month. We're going to be talking transport. And that was an interesting thing. Um, um, Paul Elliott, who's the music person, music maestro here at 3CR, last week said he'd, he'd uncovered this. That, you're going to find it hard to believe those who watched Sale of the Century over the years, uh, Elise Platt, the former um, co-presenter, or she was more the frill attached to the bloke who presented, I think that's a fair way of saying it, the way they ran that show, um, she, that was her, she, she, um, she, 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 you know, she had a bit of a sing, she's gone off to have a singing career which hasn't been all that incredibly successful, but he found another version of Tar and Cement and we thought we'd play it this morning. So, mm-hmm. so anyway. thanks, Paul. Yeah, yeah. very, very, what would you call it? Very, very sort of down home sort of version. Yeah. 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 So there you are. That's yeah. another version of. Yeah. Well, the only, in fact, I think it's the only other version, other version we know of when I think about it. Um, but anyway, that's that. And it is transport day to day. And we're going to be talking. John, we did yesterday talk about having Should we, a. Should um, we introduce John? We just do. Oh, yeah, John McPherson. Yeah, you hello. introduce him. Go and introduce John. Go you know me. I've been, I've been around for years. Yeah. I come in and talk about transport. There we go. Good. He's a, he's Thank our you. Transport guru. And John, we I were. Think, I really think it's Guru, Kevin. But no, 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 Guru. And um, and last time, I'm, I'm, I'm more concerned about your pronunciation than my introduction. John, you're, not, you're not objecting to being a Guru, obviously. No, but I would like to be a Guru. <laughs> I want to be a Guru. Uh, well, we won't say Huru, but anyway, um, is it? Haru? Oh, you might. We won't say, we won't say Haru. Um, John, um, we did talk yesterday about because two months ago you talked about how union rules make it more difficult to have your alternate mm. system and um, mm. because they yeah. hold up trains in various ways, etc. Yeah. We did it's, say it's, we'd get a driver on. Now, I, we were going to get a driver on today, but when I spoke to the driver we had teed up yesterday, or sorry, someone told us this bloke would be good. Right. I won't name the someone. It's a usual suspect. Uh, and when <laughs> I rang the bloke, he had retired 10 years ago, Right. wasn't uh. up to date with the system, but more particularly never drove a metropolitan train in his life. He oh, there you go. <laughs> so, so that plan collapsed completely uh, about three right. hours after the cup. Right. Um, <laughs> when my finances like collapsed you. completely. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, it, was, it, was, it was a fitting ending to your, oh, your yeah, tragic day. Right. Day at the day at the, um, the totalisation. Well, that's one way of listeners who never knew we were going to. Now knowing we're not going to. <laughs> <laughs> oh well. But we hope to do that next month. I think. I think. I think it would be good. We will yes. catch up. It we'll really, find it. It we'll really find would be good. Because another person did ring us, and I left a message with right. her last night, but she didn't get back to me, and right. that's not her fault. She wasn't home, presumably. Well, there um, you go. But she, on the same time, rang and said she knew a driver who could talk to us, but I didn't get back to her because we were given this other one. And sure. So anyway, yeah, we'll see yeah, how we yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah. there you are. Yeah. Well, there we are, and it will happen, folks. It will happen. And, we're going to, and it will be very interesting, too, yes. There's plenty to talk about, including um, the government now giving us lots of money for more roads in Melbourne, mm. which we'll mm. catch up mm. with. And, and Where are they going to put more roads in Melbourne? 
Oh, oh, Creek Valley. Corey, they can always knock it, knock another suburb down. Yeah. Collingwood knows all about that. Cup of tea, John, please. I'd love a cup okay, of tea. Yep. yep. No, well, it, there's the promise of, excuse me, more money for transport. So there'll definitely be more roads, and there might be a bit more for public transport hmm. because at least the noises coming out of Canberra now are a bit more, a bit more pro public transport. But we've still got to see the colour of their money, as you as. They always say. Mm, um, definitely. Yeah. Um, at least we've got rid of that madman that we had who mm. thought we should go back to the 1950s or the 1960s. Mm. Which madman? There's well, a few if, of you those. Have, <laughs> if you have public <laughs> the, transport. The madman in chief. Yeah. You know, women might be able to leave the kitchen. That's... Oh, that's all. Well, that, was, of course, would have been his point of view. Of yes, course. yes. Yes. So yes, yes. Very dangerous. Mm. Dangerous that, yes. Mm-hmm. Let so alone should, ride racehorses. They should, oh. <laughs> yes. they should only be allowed out of the kitchen when, when their hubby's there to drive them to the shops. That's exactly. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Mm. Now, anyway, it's good to get rid of old tones. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, had, had tones gone when I was in last? I can't remember. I think he probably had. Just about gone. Yes, because we, I think we talked about the fact that we had a yeah. Prime Minister who was in the cities and yeah. ho- hopefully in the hopefully cities and they appointed a cities yeah. minister. But yeah. we've yet to see anything really yeah. develop other yeah. than talk, as you yeah. say. And Greg, Greg, Greg Hunt is yeah. making slightly less stupid noises on the environmental issues too. Yeah, but they wouldn't want to be much to be less stupid. No, that's no, true. No, no, no. <laughs> um, Although, what, I had no plan to talk about this, but this morning mm. I, on the radio again, I heard Tonya Plippersek interviewed about their trip through the, the Labor Party, trip yeah. through the islands. Mm. And they're talking about um, you know, how awful it is these places are sinking, etc. And she's there with, uh, with, Ab, with um, what's his name, Abbott Shorten. <laughs> Why did I confuse them, I wonder? Um, with Shorten and uh, also their. their the mm. refugee person, Miles, who wants Miles. to maybe go send them to those islands, let them all sink. Um, but then when she was asked, uh, well, what's the Labor Party's alternative policy, she hit a bit of a brick wall, I really? thought it would mean. Yeah. It's a bit unmanaring, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, mm. yeah. Uh, she yeah. said, well, there's a long way to the election. We'll have our policies out by then. <laughs> and the interviewer said, but then Paris comes up next month or so. Yes. Um, <laughs> Surely, um, given the hundred or so years that the Labor Party's been in Australia, they would have had time to come up with a policy for this. Um, oh, well, well, this is a policy about oh. stopping the island sinking. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to give some thought to that. There's also, of course, the other question that arises out of that. We interviewed a woman from a, gr- some, a group to do with, with, with climate change refugees a few years yeah. ago on this program, but yeah. that, that's going to become a major issue. And yeah. that may be why yeah. Miles is there, because these yeah. people have to go somewhere that's after right. we sink them. Mm. And, mm. and on our current policies, we're going to say they can't come here yeah. even though we're responsible with them going under. Mm. So that's going to become a big issue, I suspect. Yeah, yeah, and uh, both sides of politics seem to think we should we should keep selling coal like it's going out of fashion, mm. which, which it of is. course it is going out of fashion. Yes, <laughs> thank goodness. Yes, yeah, so that's a true statement, John. Yeah, yes. But that's it's very it's very disappointing when you see the ALP as well, sort of lining up with you know, you know, burn baby burn, you know, <laughs> send that coal. Um, you know, burn that coal, mm. ship that coal. Well, and apart from coal, and this brings me to one thing I did have here to talk about. Last Wednesday, we talked to Dave um, Sweeney from oh, Australian Conservation Foundation about that day and the fact that they'd appointed a new chief scientist who was pro-uranium and there was headlines in the papers that morning. Now, the very next morning, after a pro-uranium headline on Wednesday, on Thursday morning, the front page of the Fin Review, big headline was PM backs uranium enrichment. Mm. And on it goes... Um, 
Yeah. Uh, and uh, a head, an editorial, nuclear industry can work for us, and no need to read on. You can just imagine what it all says. But there's a big push at the moment, yeah. as we talked about, for that as well. And so apart from pushing coal madly, we're also pushing uranium madly at the same time. It's, and yet, it's encouraging, and yet Turnbull it? understands that, that you know um, nuclear power is no longer cheap. He understands that it's... It's expensive and complicated to build nuclear power mm. power stations. He understands all that, but it seems like, as you say, if coal's maybe the coal goes on the back burner, as it were, they'll they want uranium to be up front. Well, as we've always said, if you could only flog the sun and the wind to Westinghouse or General Electric or somebody, mm, you'd solve be, the problem overnight. We would. We would. How do you? Mm. Um, there'd be no yeah, no problems yeah. at all. Well, look, oh yeah, look, I reckon I'll work out a way. We'll have to we'll have to rent the rent the sun as we walk down the street. Yeah, you know, that's right. That's things right. like that. I reckon it's I'll like the away. walking past the bank fee or something. You yeah. know, if you could privatise yeah. the footpath, the banks could charge you for walking past and give oh, you your fee. That'd be good. Don't don't give them an idea, Kevin. I wrote a play once in which there was. We've a already past got toll roads. Fee. Why not toll footpaths? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Speaking of delightful people, did you see all the young boys from Xavier College last week preparing mm. for their exams? Wasn't it mm, wonderful? Okay. That. Um, I'm sure people all saw it, but I think it's worth mentioning. They they yeah. sent out um, all these Facebook messages. Um, the an 18 year old said they were Pobo F U C K S. John, I can't really? say that on air. Yeah, oh, isn't that awful? Um, oh, and um, that received 400 likes in 11 minutes, which shows the minds of those out there. <laughs> and, and they just remember your parents work for mine, so don't go complaining to them. Um, and uh, oh, dear. And another student who says penned the most offensive post also expressed his relief that his parents had bothered to send him to a good private school instead of a poverty-stricken shithole in Pakenham. <laughs> he signed off the original post by saying, remember to say hi to me when I'm your boss one day. Uh, one outraged user said it was unacceptable to behave like violent, racist, foul-mouthed, misogynist. Well, that's what they teach. The, the offensive post, etc. Girls who replied to the to the were, were told to shut up and let the men handle business. <laughs> Call or woman sick since misspelt. Please refrain from expressing their sick misspelt opinions. Thank you, one Xavier student said. So in eleven words, he's got two wrong. So imagine what the uneducated students must do with language. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Good thing is spell checker. Yeah, and the school's mission statement said it seeks the formation of reflective, compassionate, and articulate men. Well, Bill Shorten went there, of course, and he's right. Is he reflective, compassionate, right. articulate? None of the above, really. Mm. Um, anyway, um, the head of the head of the principal said Xavier is taking disciplinary action, etc. This inexcusable behaviour deeply hurts the whole this community, etc. It was inappropriate, out of character, all the usual oh, crap, yeah. which. They always say that. Last week when Israeli soldiers bashed a bloke mm. up because he looked at them out of a doorway while they were bashing someone else up in Gaza mm. and they didn't realise they were being filmed. When the film emerged, they said this is inappropriate. The, the authorities hmm. said this is inappropriate with behaviour of the Israeli Defence Force. So yes, yes. Only because it was that filmed, even, of course. Even Netanyahu probably shook his head. Yeah. Yes, that's right. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, who would have thought that soldiers would inflict violence upon the people that they're yeah, oppressing? That's right. It's unusual, isn't it? Yeah. Ah, I, I, yeah. I didn't realise that was the soldier. Job? That's, well, that's their job. Train killers. You, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. And they didn't kill him. They just bashed him, kicked him, left him a bit sore and battered, but he was still alive, for goodness sake. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, so they didn't even do what they're trained to do, just kill people. 
Yeah. By the way, the Xavier thing got a lot of Herald Sun readers, <laughs> which is interesting because Herald Sun readers wouldn't be Xavier people, of course. So a lot of them were most distressed by it. Were they? Oh. Yeah, they, they thought it was terrible that these kids that... Um, Oh, well, that, you yes, know, you yes, know what the yes. Sons like to yeah. they get the vapors. Yeah, out of character, the traditional excuse <laughs> passed through generations and used by courts to distinguish between who gets slotted and who gets let off. One one person wrote. Um, some people said it was just like a sledge in cricket, and people should just <laughs> ignore it. Uh, the most intelligent one, um, I think, did it come from who was it again? There was one woman wrote a pretty strange one in which she said. Um, that really they're just children and you shouldn't shouldn't think and you know these things happen etc cetera, etc. Cetera, but oh, she's probably Xavier's mother. <laughs> That's right, probably, <laughs> probably yeah. But uh, I think uh, they probably were a touch. Uh, probably they didn't. I don't know where people send these things out thinking they're not going to get picked up at times. I mean, it's ridiculous, isn't it? I think um, the most frustrating part of the story is that it's probably true that it'll run a business one day. Yeah. You know, totally unearned, but. Yeah, it's mm. inherited. Exactly. Yeah. Well, some of the great people inherited them, though, like um, oh, Lachlan Trump. Murdoch, uh, James Packer, Donald yeah. Trump. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, they say, oh, I came from nothing. Well, they mean that's they right. came from the. That's right. You know, they started off with five million or something. Like that. <laughs> I worked my way up from the top and uh, made it. Yeah. 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 Uh, some related stories that I found interesting this week are union numbers at record low, the Herald Sun says. Union right. membership slumps to record low. ABS fine, says the Finn Review, and it's about the fact that, uh, well, don't need to give the figures, but union membership is, again, still declining, and yeah. it's been declining ever since the Accord, yes. um, which um, interesting, I think kick-started the decline. Yeah. But there was also another, another study... Um, mapping social cohesion study whoever they are but anyway they say that unions lose trust of the people Australians are not trusting of trade unions and political parties right um they um they were way down trust in political parties was 37.7 percent um unions were down to 48 well that's still it's just 41 uh, percent on unions which is not good i suppose what i found astonishing though but you know police were high which is ridiculous because why would they be high doctors were the highest the legal system was high why would that be high again it's mm. part of the the police and all that are part of that charities are high employers 72.1 percent unions 41 i mean in a, in a society it? where the vast majority are exploited by the employers was this a poll, um, you know, was it done in accordance with the um, demographics of Australia? Because, I mean, maybe if you're, you know, a white person like me, for example, you know, and you grew up in a bubble, you might think that the police are trustworthy. But most people know better. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't say. Mapping Social Cohesion Study. It was done by a group called the Scanlon Foundation, which may well be a very conservative group. Mm. But um, if you, like, got a bunch of, you know you know, really rich, privileged people, they would trust lawyers and the police. Sure, yeah. Well, they keep their system going for them. Yeah. Well, they can buy them off, wouldn't they? Yeah, yeah. well, that's what, but they don't have to. They keep, they, they, that's for their purpose is to maintain the system, maintain the economic order. So, now, yeah, I this would definitely was, look into the demographics of that study. Unions, though, did get a bit of a fillip this week because they... Uh, well, they were warned union influence over the Labor Party is getting out of control and uh, and the opposition by Labor to unions re- to reduce penalty rates is depressing and is a knee-jerk reaction. Who said that? Come on, tell us. Who said it? Come on. Shorten? 
Marty Ferguson. Marty's still uh, on the trail. Yes, oh, he's out Marty. there. Yes, Marty said all that. Uh, this was in, not, his, not in, in his capacity as a spokesperson for the resource industry, but no. now he's also a spokesperson for the tourism industry. Oh, really? Which, of course, has a lot of hospitality involved God. with it, and that's where the penalty rates apply, and so he thinks penalty rates are, oh. are killing this country, and uh, and the unions and Labor Party have a lot to, lot to blame for that. You know what is affecting the um, tourism industry is climate change. You know, like, for example, the Great Barrier Reef. If it dies, you know. Well, they're predicting a very bad coral die off the sh- bleaching and die off this year, mm. Mm. because yeah. of El Nino and the um, average temperatures are going to be a lot higher. Mm. This year's going to be crazy. Cook the coral, yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah. And well, all... that's, that's, yeah, that's one of them. And, and think of those tropical um, resorts with the temperatures five degrees hotter, you know. Mm. Yeah. And also underwater. <laughs> yes, well, that's right. <laughs> Paddling in a tepid so bath. We shouldn't laugh at that. It's the, true. No, it's true. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, no, that's that's so. And But, no, no, it's penalty rates. That's Plus bad, you know, bad weather, more cyclones, more this, more that. Mm. All those things are very disruptive for the tourist industry as well, hmm. particularly in the tropics. Yep. So all of that. And uh, you'll be pleased to know, though, that uh, there's a positive, again, MacArthur, Martin's that was Martin supporting unions, I think, right? But yeah, in his yeah. terms, anyway. How far to the right has that man gone? Oh, <laughs> we'll keep going. I don't think. ask, just, yeah. just don't ask. How far um, can you go? Yeah, but the good news is, after all that, unions declining, work bosses <sighs> popular, etc. Marty saying all that. Many employees are facing more real wage cuts amid predictions inflation may outstrip pay rises for many workers next year. Responses from 400 organisations collectively employing 260,000 workers, so these are the bosses Mm -hmm. themselves saying, a predicted rise in inflation will absorb forecast salary increases resulting in an average drop in real wages of 0.3%, which mightn't sound much, but it's a real loss in working and buying power. Uh, but here's the bosses who will oppose any rise anyway mm-hmm. before it even happens, saying whatever rise happens, it's not going to not going to it's going to make workers worse off anyway. So uh, there you are, isn't it great? Yeah, yeah. Well, of course, the trouble is that the the workers also are the um, the people who are the consumers who uh, buy the products. If you reduce their buying power, well, you're actually um, yes, you're actually a um, nasty vicious circle here. It is like a bit of slavery for that and reason. That's and right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. <laughs> and yet, there's, and yet, the the bosses always always hate the idea of increasing the buying Top power of the workers. No, I've got plenty okay, here. Thanks. Right yeah. Yep, they really hate that hate that um, idea that workers are going to oh, get yes. better off. Oh yes, and I bet the bosses um, bosses incomes keep rising. Don't you worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not worried about that. Joke. Hey, uh, look, referring back to that that Scanlon um, um, survey, it was interesting that the trade unions still had better um, approval than the um, political parties, yeah, the yeah. politicians, yeah, yeah and yes, the politicians who take it upon themselves to to belabour the trade unions at every every turn. That's right. Well, and maybe we, or it is turned on them in some degree, yeah. But going back also to that one about uh, Xavier College, yeah. you'll be pleased to know that um, Scott Morrison, because again, we, apart from uranium, the big push day after day is for GST increases, we oh, know. And yes. uh, now they're saying virtually exempt nothing but increase it all, you know, there's possibilities, 10%, stay at 10, but it make charge everything Broadly, or yeah. go to 15 and don't charge everything or go to 15 and charge everything mm. which is probably what they'll do uh, but 
Um, Morrison says, yes, that fresh food should be involved, etc., but he wants to exempt education. Now, why would you want to exempt education? Oh, I just realised because the rich who sent the kids to the private Mm. schools and pay all that money and they'd have Mm. to pay a GST on it. If they, which also means, of course, that they, apart from the the state aid they get, which should never happen anyway, but the uh-huh. massive amounts of public education spending get, that goes yeah. to those schools, yeah, yeah. they also are exempt from paying GST mm-hmm. on the fees they pay. Mm-hmm. But anyway, Morrison says that education should be exempt. Though, isn't that oh, isn't that nice? Wonder where his kids go to. Yeah, it's <laughs> a bit. It's a bit like the churches don't pay uh, pay rates either, as no, well as taxes. No, they don't pay taxes. No. They don't pay rates. Hmm. No. Even though the, some of the churches, mainly Catholic and Anglican, own huge amounts of very pro- mm. valuable land. Mm. Well, just, no rates. Just in this vicinity, uh, when I was on Fitzroy Council, as many people know, for a number of years. Uh, that whole block, which is the St Vincent's complex, pays no rates yeah. because it's a religious organisation. That's right. Huh. And, and yet um, it's some of the most valuable land just outside the um, CBD. Yeah. And we regularly got complaints about nurses, particularly nurses working overnight, being uh, hit with parking fines. And they yeah. said we should exempt them and we should open up our... Not, not, we don't want to pay rates. We want you, though, not to charge. And we said, but you've got a private car park inside your complex mm. why can't they park there or oh, they're too nervous at night to go back to their car mm. why not employ security guards mm. to take them mm. to their car mm. oh no that would be too costly they said so uh, yes so there yes. you are yes, ah. yes. Mm. i think we should go for it to yeah. a track have a break yeah you're listening to people it. are sick of talking about yeah. yeah listening to city limits 3cr 855 am time is 9:25, and this is acdc with tnt so, hopefully that woke you up. That was ACDC with TNT. John's snoring. John, kept John, wake up. Come on. Oh, come on. I was bobbing the way over here. It was. You hated that much less than my usual taste of music. Oh, what? You hated that much less. <laughs> I liked it. Yeah, John was bopping around on that one. Yeah, I liked it. Now, I went and got the um, tomorrow's form guide for Flemington from the Herald <laughs> Sun while that happened because... I was We're saying, really off topic, folks, I, I was, think. Well, I was saying off air that a friend and I... Always, for years back, we've been jockeys because their strike rate is remarkable compared to the number of rides they get. Uh, and they are treated very badly in terms of the opportunity, that's for sure. Uh, he backed it yesterday and I didn't, and it still hurts. It's going to hurt as much as 65, which I won't go into, but 65 still rankles, OK? OK. Don't um, think um, horse and, racing is a bit cruel and unnecessary? Yeah, I, I agree with all that as well, yeah, but I, still, I can't help myself. <laughs> um, but I just checked this for tomorrow just to check. Um, there are... Nine races, there's 20, you know, this average, looking at this, there'd be an average of, yeah, close to 18 or 20 horses in every field. And there's three races in which women have rides, and it's only one. Michelle Payne has a ride in two races. Um, and um, there's another race in which another young woman has a ride. And that's the, that's the same race. So there's two races, and the last race, they're on a couple of emergencies that they get a run. So, again, in, in a day when there's... Average of 18 or 20 horses per race over nine races, there's mm. two rides for women, right. which is just about the opportunity thing. Right. And, right. and we know what happened yesterday. Kevin, do you want to hear my vision for the Melbourne Cup of the future? Instead of horses, mm. they could use all those, you know, uh, track and field runners, the human ones. 
the ones who want to race, mm -hmm. who can actually consent to racing. And then people can bet on them and get blotto and get dressed up just the same. Or the people who get blotto and get dressed up could be sent out about 3 o'clock to run up the straight. Well, that would be even more hilarious. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it would With give... someone whipping them. It would give track and field runners something to do. They can consent. And there's, you know... Every yes. every opportunity to yeah, I'll take it away to someone whipping a bit. They might enjoy that job. <laughs> Look, if the, if if yeah. humans consent to being whipped, I'm down with that. You know, with yeah. a jockey on their back, I'm down with that. <laughs> well, okay. yeah, well, but I'm, I just I'm, don't I'm, think a horse can consent to this. And also, you know, if a human breaks a leg, you don't have to shoot them because they're seen as having more value than yeah, that's right. Yes, their ability right. to race. Oh, what happened to the horse that went to Werribee? Oh, it's it's going to recover, they say. But again, you know, yeah. it, and I agree with all the criticisms of most of it. But as I say, I still can't help myself when it comes to this. I think two horses died yesterday. No, 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 none. No, none? Last no, year, though. Last year, two did. Ah. Yeah, yeah. Well, but well, one, one broke down badly, though, when it, it's, yeah. it's that, uh, that? been sent to. It was operated on and they're going to save it. But, yeah. Yeah. And I would say that all the horses were tortured. Well, uh, regardless of whether they, you know, actually died or. You think the horses were brainwashed? <laughs> <laughs> Trying to get information out of them. I'm not going to counter that. <laughs> Other than to say that women jockeys don't get a fair go at all. I also think that cops shouldn't ride horses. I agree with that. They ride X. I mean, I see coppers attacking me at demos on things I've yeah. probably backed. Yes. I just I, feel I, like the I, horses I, look so scared. I agree with that. I think the mm. horse, the horse, the horse thing to control human crowds is yeah. outrageous. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And there were no, I'm scared. They used them extensively in the anti-war protests in the Vietnam yeah. days, and yeah. in the in the remember the the '72 the the Springbok tour demo at Olympic Park. They yeah. used they yeah. rode us down to the Yarra, uh, forced us down there, uh, and um, you know, a lot of people. I think I'm guilty of it at the time myself, thought of ways of um, mm. making sure the horses couldn't, like throwing marbles under their feet and things, but it was all cruel to the horses in a sense. Mm. I mean, it's the people on them you've got to get. Mm. Uh, there was one incident, before we go, oh, we'll go to transport. No, no one, one, <laughs> nah. one brief incident well, because there was a... I suppose we'll go to transport one, one day. <laughs> one brief, well, it's to do almost, almost it's, it's to do with roads anyway, John, something on the road. Um, there was a story in the age praising this horse called John Darman, the idiot copper who rode oh, him at those days. Remember John was the great and how oh, brave he was at some protest where we all got bashed the proverbial out of. And so I went and up down the road somewhere and found a lump of horse shit <laughs> and I put it in a box uh -huh. and sent it off to the journalist and gave him the Gold Manure of the Week Award <laughs> <laughs> for, for, for uh, objective journalism. And I don't know whatever happened to it. I posted it off to him and that was last seen. But uh, anyway. No, thank happens. you, no? No, never got a thing. Well, I don't think I signed it when I think about it. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I think I forgot to sign that one. Well, we, hope it went, we hope it went through security all the way to his desk and, the, and he opened it up thinking, oh, some kind person sent me cake. <laughs> That's right. God knows what condition it was in when it got to him. <laughs> anyway, let's, well, let's go on to transport, John. Yeah, I guess so. No, I have a horse story I want to tell. Oh, okay, okay. Well, I recently discovered that those police horses, if you feed them, they chill out a bit. So I've started taking carrots to big demos. <laughs> I bet oh, their yeah. riders are a bit irritated by you <laughs> handing up the carrot, are they? <laughs> the cops hate it, but yeah. They think I'm going to poison the horses. That's I'm, I'm, gonna like, say they probably think I'm it's a poison, bleeding yeah. heart lefty as if I'm going to poison a horse. Well, you, you've mm. got to eat the first bite before you give it to the horse to show that it's not poison. I, ah, I do that. I do that. But you might just not poison the top bit. Oh, well. Uh, oh, well. 
We and can't it, help the police being over suspicious. <laughs> so anyway, that's my bit of advice. Oh, that's terrific. I like that. Now, now we can go to transport. Oh, thanks. Okay, John. Anything on transport you specifically wanted to? Oh, transport. But transport. horses are a form of transport, really. Mm. Well, you know, there's been lots of lots more argy bargy about um, Melbourne Metro, and you know, the Liberals had their version, and Labor's got their version, and and you know, the whole thing, the whole thing trundles along and now now we've got to see whether we can get money out of the Commonwealth and the Commonwealth's looking slightly more receptive. But my view is still that Melbourne Metro <coughs> is very bad value when you're paying 11 or $12 billion for the wretched thing. It's a lot of sandwiches. Mm. It's a lot of sandwiches. It's a lot of bus services. <coughs> a lot of carrots. A lot of bus services not provided. It's a mm. lot of rail extensions not, not extended. Which we need, mm. need, you know, nearly all, not all, but, you know, many of the rail lines need extending and many of them still need electrification, like the yeah. uh, Melton line. And we're using the removing level crossings as an excuse <coughs> to flog off our ports and yep. uh, privatise yep. them. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, yeah, the... the, and, uh, the and even, you know, removing level crossings is, is to some degree good for public transport, but, of course, it's more about... Making the letting the cars, cars run yes. free, yeah, 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 that's right. And they, they've announced, by the way, that uh, Centre Road, North Road, and McKinnon Road on the Frankston lines are all going to be yep. top priority now. Yeah, um, yep. yeah. Well, the, there's question, thing? there's question marks about the the Labor Party's list of which uh, which roads are being fixed. It's not the same as Vic Road's uh, list, which is based on you know actual criteria. <laughs> the Labor one. It's based on marginal seats. Well, the Labor one seems to be based on marginal mm. seats, and Labor says, "Well, when we, excuse me, drew up our list, we didn't have access to all that, you know, all that big roads information." Well, it might have might have been sensible to not draw up your list in detail till you had mm. access to the big roads information. Well, why don't they just ring them? Well, <laughs> well, that's a good point too. <laughs> I mean, it's you know, it doesn't sound like confidential secret information. Oh, it, it may have been in the lead up to the last election. You know the, oh, okay. the way things operate these days. A lot of a lot of things stay very secret that should be, at, you know, at the public domain. Like all the thinking behind their public transport plans, which don't go into the public mm. public domain. You know, we've never had a real proper deep in- explanation of the Melbourne Melbourne Metro, and it's never been it's never been pulled apart in a proper pro- proper open public inquiry. You know, to see to really validate what what's going on you know it's it, it sort of arose like most of these things do out of the out of the um, bureaucracy and then by the time it comes into the public domain the bureaucrats have pretty much decided that's what we're going to do and we don't really care what anybody else um, thinks okay mm. uh, the two level crossings that have mostly yes. been used in the last well, decades now yeah, really yeah. have been springvale road at st albans uh. Uh, now, St. Al- St Albans is very much in a working class, very safe Labor seat. It doesn't seem to be high on the list. No, no, it's work started on that one. Oh, has it actually the started? One, the one in the middle of the shopping centre. Oh, really, has yes. it? Oh, well, I may be behind them. Well, that's yeah, good news yeah. in one way. Yeah, good, yeah well, that, good. that one, I think, um, it would be high on my emotional list of ones to be done because it is, um, it is you know, plunked in the middle of a shopping centre. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and, it, yeah, well, it's, and it's, it is a dangerous one. And it has killed people. Yeah, you know, it has yeah, killed people. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. good news. Yeah. Then. Okay. Yeah. Well, good yeah. news on city limits, by God. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, there's, um, there's, plenty of, there's plenty of questions. Like, for instance, here's one crazy one. There's a level crossing down near Werribee, beyond Werribee Station. Now that they've got the regional rail link, 
not many trains go south of Werribee in the Geelong direction because they're all going around the back of Werribee now on the on the new line. So there are very few trains a day go south of Werribee because that's the terminal of the suburban services. Mm. But the the level crossing beyond Werribee used to be very busy, of course, when it had all the Geelong trains. It doesn't have them now, but it was on the ALP shortlist. And the ALP's now saying, oh, no, no, we're going to still do that level crossing. Yeah. Even though it might only have that's half the of one that crosses um, at the river there, just yeah, to, near yeah, the river there. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, 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 going to the going to the race course. Yeah, yes, how I know it. Yeah, <laughs> I thought that might be the case. So, so that one's actually changed from you know one that you could, was was a fairly high priority to to you know really low priority, hmm. but, but because Labor's got it on its list, it's saying no, no, it will be done. <laughs> so this this sort of rigidity and, and silliness, I just despair of. You know, when there's never enough money to to do everything you want to do, mm. you really have got to make cool priorities all the time. Mm. And you know, and then I come come back around to Melbourne Metro and, and say, well, Melbourne Metro is like that. It's a very very expensive way to get a few extra train paths per hour into the city, and there are many there are there are much cheaper ways to do that. And then have the money left over to spend mm. on other things that have to be done as well. But we don't have unlimited money for public transport. We never have. We never will. So surely it sh- there should be an attempt to spend it well. Mm. Um, and we know that the population is rising fast. And you know they're predicting was it eight eight million population by two thousand and fifty. Yeah. So you know we're going to be a London type city. We're going to need London type public transport. And at the rate we're going, we're still going to be mucking around at the edges. You're going to Melbourne-type public transport. Yeah, which is, but, which <clears> is you know, no, nobody really thinks is, you know, has to be has to work well. It's it's sort of like, it's optional. <laughs> well, mm. part of the cost also, but it seems to be boosting it and could be avoided totally, I think we might have yeah. mentioned this last month in your plan, yeah. is about 100 properties, 63 households and 31 <coughs> businesses to be acquired, yeah. compulsorily acquired. Yeah. Um, and now that's that's a massive cost to the project, I would have thought, uh-huh. um, which is unnecessary if you uh-huh. don't if you do the alternatives sure. you say, which yeah. still which get the same result yeah. or better result yeah. anyway, yeah. so yeah. that that just seems to be a complete waste in a sense. Plus, yeah. it's you know yeah. it's a hundred properties well, gone. Well, okay. Well, if you look at you look at what I, I I suggested, which is you know turning the northern side of the loop into through tracks across the city, um, and you can do that. You can do the you can build the extra uh, tunnels you need for that within railway railway reservation that they presently have. You don't have to. You don't have to resume any more properties, um, but that that would cost possibly one or two billion dollars. So you might have nine billion dollars left over. So then you've really got to ask yourself: is the is is putting a railway station at um, Domain, and then putting a railway station at Parkville, and then one at Arden, Arden in um, North Melbourne or West Melbourne? Can you really justify spending nine billion to put railway stations in those three points? And of course you can't. It's it's just you know it's just silly. Um, John, how would you go about uh, creating a change to you know influence the government to adopt your uh, public transport I, ideas? I, I'm, I'm, I don't know. <laughs> it's it's it, it seems to be this this weird way that we do um, what passes for planning in Melbourne. You know, we allow the institutions to totally, 
you know, dream up what they want to do, like Vic Roads and, uh, and PTV or the Department of Transport. Um, you know, they, they seem to come up with their own ideas. Well, of course, um, you know, they do refer back to the politicians to work out these ideas, but, if, but Melbourne public transport seems to proceed in a, in a series of so-called grand projects, you know, mm. like the City Loop and now, you know, Melbourne Metro. But they're not necessarily good value-for-money projects. They, they tend to be, as I said, grand projects, which they can mm. sell, you know, with waving the arms in the air and saying, you know, the trains will go around here and, and uh, oh, they'll suddenly serve all these other areas and won't it be wonderful? But, you know, you've got to ask yourself, will it be wonderful com- judging on what it costs to build? And what, what, you know, is it, is, it, is it sensible? You know, even, mm. even the city loop, you know, was a question, questionable, really. I think we got a city loop because Sydney had a city loop already. It is useful. It's it's sort of useful, but most metros just run across the city, come in one side, out the other, and then you have a a network of lines that come into the city and cross and go out the other way. Mm. And then if you want to move around the city, well, sometimes you actually have to transfer between trains. And that's most other cities, they, they manage to cope with that. Mm. Or walk up and grab a tram. Yeah, well, exactly. In many ways... Our, our tram light rail system should be our our metro that, that provides the really uh, you know good service in the in the, in the centre of the city. I think mm. that's it's it's in many ways we should be doing with that what they use the tube for in London or the um, the metro in Paris for the for, to give you know good coverage of the of the central central core of the city, and and then you know the the suburban rail system provides the linkages out. Out further, and then buses are what feed people to the uh, the trains out 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 further. Mm. But we 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 so far we we're not spending anything like enough money on our bus systems to feed to the rail systems that we've got. Mm. And then we even when we um, improve the rail systems, like um, say the Sunbury line, or or you know say the services that are needed to Werribee, which Werribee still isn't getting, uh, because the Labor took fright at the new timetable and, and put it on the back burner again. So, you know, we've got overcrowded trains from Werribee every day, peak hour, morning and afternoon, because Labor took fright that the timetable that, that the PTV had come up with put more of the um, Frankston line trains um, directly to, to Flinders Street and not through the loop. And that meant that they they weren't the trains then weren't in the right place to be extended out to Werribee, and because the Werribee line desperately needs more trains, mm. as do most of the western lines. But that didn't stop Labor putting it all in the back burner again and trying to work out a way to to um, um, somehow do it without without taking the Frank the Frankston line trains out of the loop. But that's got to happen, you know. It's just it's just inevitable. That, that there are going to be, be whole train services and, that aren't going to go through And the people out there in um, well, Point Cook and Hoppers Cross yeah. and Werribee, that they complain regularly about the yes. massive congestion yes. at peak, getting yes. to and from work, yes. just getting yes. on to the bloody thing off, right. off the side roads, right. etc. Right. So you could relieve it. If you had a really good public transport system, more trains frequently, well, a lot of those people would start using public well, transport. It, well, it's obvious that that's all you can ever do for them because even if you build another, another uh, Westgate Bridge... The carryings on the Westgate Bridge in Pico, they're not very large. Far more people go through um, Footscray Station on trains 
um, in the morning peak hour going into the city, far more, probably four or five times as many as go over the Westgate Bridge. And yet all our emotional concern tends to go to the, to the people on the Westgate Bridge. When you think about it, each of those lanes on the Westgate Bridge can only carry 2,000 cars an hour mm. maximum. Maximum. If they're going really slow, it's less. And each of those cars has about 1.2 people in it. So going over the Westgate Bridge in peak hour, you've mm. possibly got you know, 12,000 people. That's all. Mm. And yet when you look at the number of trains an hour that can go through Werribee Station, each train can carry 1,200 people. And, you know, how many trains go through there? Possibly as many as 40 trains go through a Footscray Station towards the city in the peak hour. Mm. So you've got huge numbers. So why are we worried about the Westgate Bridge Mm. and not concerned about sorting out the trains? I don't know. But so far... So far, the government thinks they can't, they can't do this terrible thing to the, to the Frankston line, which is take their services out of the loop. Mm. Well, of course, one of the problems that was, is... That was the why you didn't know, John, probably. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, one of the problems is, that, of course, the interchange, interchange at the stations where people from Frankston line would want to get onto a train that does go through the loop. That's either at Caulfield, South Yarra or Richmond. All those stations are pretty awkward if you want to do an interchange. You know, there's lots of walking involved, mm. up and down ramps and various things. They're not exactly, they're not exactly modern stations, mm. and no, no effort. There seems to be no focus on improving those sort of things. You see, there's so much that needs doing to make the system a modern system. A lot of what you seem to um, be proposing involves transfers. Yes, and I really hate transfers in yes. public transport because, yes. say, your your train's five minutes late. Okay. And then you have to wait another hour for the That's connecting right. bus. Mm-hmm. You know, it has this knock-on effect. And then if you're going to have three transfers, you've got That's to right. you've got to rely on three right. things being on time, or yep. you know, yep. you end up just waiting and waiting and well, that, well, that being is, late to work. And yeah, yeah. Well, you see, that's the other aspect. Everybody in Melbourne has learnt that transfers are nearly always disastrous if you're on a tra- public transport trip in Melbourne. Yeah, because. The transfers are so difficult because the frequencies are so bad mm. that it, that if things aren't running exactly on time, you will miss the connecting service and there won't be another one for, well, it might be as long as an hour, but it might be even 10 minutes in peak mm. hour. It's a long time to wait. Oh, my railway line is 20 minutes on my Yeah, well, that's line. right. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, you're, you've got the worst, but yeah, yeah, indeed. So, yeah, I mean, transfers are not easy on the Melbourne system at the moment. And, of course, if you're transferring modes... You know, from from train to tram or something mm. like that. Everybody goes, "Oh God, I, mm. I've tried that in the past, and it's it's easier to just stay on what I'm on, even if it's trundling towards towards the horizon." And if you're on two road systems, bus and tram, yeah, say, yeah. the bus lets you out, and the trams at the stop, but yeah. the lights red against yeah, you, and it's yeah. green for it, and you're watching it there, and you know That's it's right. going to go, and it goes. That's right. And you know there isn't another tram three minutes behind. You know it's no. 12 minutes. And you've got to risk your life against the traffic if you want to That's run across right. and try to catch yeah, it against right. the line. Yeah, yeah. All, those, all those sort of things. Um, but particularly on our bus systems, we just have appalling frequencies on our bus systems. Mm. Just appalling. And that's, if, that's if the bus coverage is even there for your suburb. And often it's not. And they just won't spend more money. They, and the PTV or the government, will not improve the, the increase the amount of spending on buses which are just desperately needed desperately and then of course we were talking earlier on about um, um, people 
people in parking in the city and, you know, nurses at the public hospitals. I mean, mm. nurses can't, can't get to work on early morning shifts often. Without mm. a car. Without a car because mm. public transport doesn't run early enough, particularly mm. weekends, particularly on Sundays, mm. for God's sake. We, apparently we have the latest, our public transport in Melbourne is, starts the latest of any capital city in Australia on Sundays. And yet, you know, we've got Marty Ferguson talking about no, um, no um, pay for, um, for um, you know, overtime and things penalty like that, rates, penalty yeah, rates. And yet people still, still are expected to get there. Mm. Uh, do, are there hospitals and, well, the public transport system itself to get people to the first shift? Do they actually provide taxis if you haven't got a car? Uh, I doubt it. I don't think so. No, I've never heard of that. I think they'd have to, wouldn't you? I mean, you, if you say you've got to drive the first train or first tram and you haven't got a car... No, um, you just have to have a car or you don't oh, get a okay. job. Oh, sorry, sorry, stupid me. Okay. Well, I know. I remember talking yeah. talking to somebody whose daughter lived in Melton and, of course, you can imagine her difficulties with public transport getting to work in the big hospitals mm. in the At any time city. of the day out there. Yeah, pretty much, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, you know, Melton's had appalling public transport forever, mm. and now it's been left behind by places like the, um, you know, the um, the extension from um, um, South Morang to Mernda, which Labor has promised. Um, I, I don't know whether that really was just just was justified over a bit of public transport to Melton, mm. but uh, Melton seems to get the raw end of the pineapple all the yeah, time. Yeah, I read a recent report uh, based on Melton about problems of young people out yeah, there, and yeah. uh, and the biggest. The biggest yeah. barrier to, to all sorts of things was the public transport system, which or yep. the non-public transport yeah, system. Yeah, and yeah. just nothing ever seems to seems to happen. I mean, even, even if they had a half-hour shuttle train to the um, to uh, Sunshine, so that they could at least get on get, get on the system that way, that would be better than mm. what they've got if they. Well, one of the problems they faced these were kids often getting into trouble, yeah. and why they were getting into trouble. But sure. they they often had to go to say Sunshine yeah. to to get services they needed. Yeah. But the appointment time meant they couldn't get there because there was no public transport that got them there by that time. Yeah. Yet once the, when they got there, they were then ostracised against mm. and victimised for being late, yeah. even though yeah. they had no way of getting yeah. there on time. Yeah. It's yeah. just a ridiculous system. Yeah. And of course, if the public transport was running late, they may have they may have had bit, you know made them extra extra late. Mm. Yeah, it, it's um, it's extraordinary these things that look, look so obvious that just don't get fixed. Things like that. And by the way, while we're extending from um, South Morang to Mernda, that project was costing about the same as it would cost to build build an extension to the Melbourne airport from, from Broadmeadows. Uh, again, priorities. I mean, okay, I mean, I'm sure South Morang, Mernda is, is, um, is um, you know, it needs yeah. it. They were fighting it for years. Yes, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, but when you look at, when you look at the, um, the fact that you know, Melbourne Airport is somewhere that people from all over the whole metropolitan area, in fact, all over Victoria, need to get to. Mm. And the fact that at the moment, the cheapest public transport that gets you there, pretty much, well, there is, there, you can get there on a bus if you know what you're doing. But the cheapest, the cheapest uh, sky bus is eighteen dollars a ticket from the city each way. Mm. You know, that's 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 a lot of money for for a lot of people. 
Well, I must admit, though, John, that you've just lost your, your role, by the way. A bloke called oh, okay. Tom Elliott, who writes for the Murdoch Empire. Oh, the yes, Sun. that's young Tom, isn't Tom, it? Tom, yes. Tom Tom is now our latest transport guru, guru, however we're going to pronounce oh, it. Yes, yes. Um, Tom is it because he's come, up, he's come up with a solution you couldn't find. Terrific. He said just last Friday week in a full-page article in the Herald Sun, sick of being stuck in the Friday afternoon car park that is the Monash, angry that two-lane sections of the ring road regularly become choke points during peak hour traffic. Gridlock doesn't have to prevail, John. This is where you can't see the solution. To reduce congestion on future freeway projects, the government should follow one simple rule. However many lanes you think you need, add at least one. Simple, really. See, more car space. Simple as that. He's a simple guy, that Tom. You know, <laughs> a simple solution. Yeah. And he's the son of another simpleton, <laughs> John Elliott. <laughs> oh, is he John's son, is he? Yes. Is he? Uh, yes. Well, that probably explained it. <laughs> it says, I didn't realise that. That says a lot, yes. though, doesn't it? Yes. It does, Robbie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So he's got it sorted out. Yeah, yeah. Another, another, well, in sna- fact, another snappy Tom. Yeah. Four days later, in my local rag, there was a half-page ad uh, came out uh, signed by um, Australian government, CityLink, Vic Roads, Victoria. CityLink, yeah, of course, yeah. being the uh, private yeah, company. Yeah. And it said, more lanes, safer freeways. Thanks for your patience as we work to bring you more lanes and a safer CityLink telemetry. And on it goes. So they're just saying to people, you're going to get slowed I, I down. Think, I think they're basically doing yeah. it by taking away the uh, emergency stopping lanes. That's, 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 the, that's their latest trick. You, yeah, so, yeah. so they don't have an emergency. That's right. That's right. Yeah. 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 Now, we've only got about a minute left because it's 56. Mm. But yeah. uh, mm. the other one that's been in the news, and sure. it does relate to the metro thing, and I just yeah. want your, comp- your, your feelings on it, yeah. there's been a lot of talk about the need for a South Yarra interchange on mm. the Metro Link if it does go ahead now. Yeah. Well, I'm, your thoughts I, on I, my thoughts are, yes, there really should be a, a South Yarra interchange station. South Yarra is a major hub already, and um, you don't pass major hubs without interchange to, to the other train lines and to trams and even I think there are buses through there as well. So, so yeah, you, you, you simply don't pass that point. All right. Yeah, okay. station. Just before we finish for this mm-hmm. week, uh, mm-hmm. next week we've got Kate Shaw coming on talking about planning issues. Good stuff. But also she was in Greece for the Greek election mm. and a friend of mine who got back last Saturday who spent the winter, <clears throat> the, 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 our winter in, uh, in the European summer, uh, also was there in Greece because his his wife, in fact, has, his wife has family property there, and they go there quite regularly. Uh, and I've asked him to come on as well with Kate next week, and we'll spend the first part of the program because he was talking about how dire things are in Greek and how awful, in Greece and how mm. awful it is. And I thought we could discuss that. It's extending city limits a fair bit. But um, next week with him and Kate first up, and then we'll go on with Kate for the rest of the show about some planning issues around Melbourne. So Sounds very that's good. Next week, yeah, okay. Sounds great. I'll be there. Yeah, yeah. Um, time is 9.57. You're listening to 3CR at 8.55 a.m. or maybe on 3cr.org.au. This is City Limits, and we're going to go out with the coup, the, guillo- the guillotine. Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia, on the Kulin Nation. For more information and to find out how you can support 3CR, go to www.3cr.org.au. 3cr.org.au